Hello, and welcome to Connect, Collaborate, Champion, the podcast of the New American Colleges and Universities. I'm your host, Sean Creighton. In my current role as NACU president, I have the honor of working with an amazing group of independent colleges and universities. I'm a huge admirer of their approach to teaching and learning. They provide an integrated, liberal, professional, and civic education. As a result, the NACU campuses graduate extraordinary professionals for a global workforce and society. Also, their campuses are beautiful. About our podcast, we will focus on topics related to higher education. We will bring in guests that wrestle with current and future challenges. They'll include college presidents, provosts, professors, researchers, authors, disruptors, reporters, strategists, and maybe even a futurist or two. They'll help us expand our window into the world of higher ed. Thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's get started. On today's episode, we will speak to Dr. Paul Friga. Paul is the Clinical Associate Professor of Strategy at UNC Chapel Hill and Chief Strategy Officer and co-founder of ABC Insights. He researches strategic problem solving and program management in consulting, personalized knowledge transfer, intuition, and entrepreneurship. He also teaches courses in management consulting and strategy. Paul previously worked as a management consultant for PricewaterhouseCoopers and McKinsey & Company. He is the author of two books, The McKinsey Mine and The McKinsey Engagement, and his work has been published in top journals. Dr. Friga, Welcome to the NACU Podcast. I'm really excited to have this opportunity to talk to you today. I may be even more excited, Sean, (laughs) but thanks for having me. Well, let's begin by having you introduce yourself uh, and tell us a little bit about your background. Then I want to get into the background of uh, ABC Insights. Sure. I am a clinical associate professor of strategy at the Keenan Flagler Business School at UNC Chapel Hill. I've been here 12 years. Uh, Going back in time, I started with PricewaterhouseCoopers. I was an auditor, got my CPA, my CMA, went to St. Francis University, pretty important fact there, because that's exactly the type of institution that that you and your association serve, and a critical part of higher ed, and and one of the areas most under stress. Mm -hmm. I went to St. Francis, had a terrific experience there, I was on the board of trustees uh, for a while recently, and then after that went to PwC, I then went to University of North Carolina, fell in love with it, had to get out of the snow. But went to, to UNC Chapel Hill and got my MBA. I got accepted to the PhD program, but I had an opportunity to go work for McKinsey. So I, I deferred that, went to work for McKinsey, did strategy work in Pittsburgh, and then came back for a PhD in strategy, went to Indiana University for, for six years, and then came back to my, my roots at UNC Chapel Hill. I've been here 12 years. I teach strategy and management consulting. And for the last six years, I've studied, researched, created a consortium, and tried to help higher ed. We probably could do a whole episode on McKinsey and your days there because I know you've also written a couple of books about that experience and the way in which they approach problem solving. Yeah, it, it, really, it really changed my life. It taught me amazing lessons about team problem solving, about efficient and effective team problem solving. As you mentioned, I wrote two books, The McKinsey Mind and The, and, and the McKinsey Engagement, that are designed to really help other people do that, not just based on McKinsey's best practices but other consulting firms. But they're there are some very important lessons about how to communicate ideas very clearly, about how to prioritize, mm-hmm. which is one of the key elements of strategy and, and leadership. 
So is that ABC Insights? Did that kind of seems like a perfect kind of outgrowth of, of obviously your background and your experience and your expertise. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about yeah. how that came to be. I do a lot of strategic planning projects. I was doing them uh, off campus, but then I started doing them on campus. I think after I turned 50, I started feeling the energy of my late father, who was the president of a community college. And, and, I, and I could almost hear him speaking to me to say, you need to write more and have more impact for for mission-driven organizations. Mm-hmm. And it's always been instilled in me, so I really got focused on, on helping higher ed, helping not-for-profits. So I do a lot of strategic planning projects toward that, and I was doing a bunch of them on campus for the provost, for the chancellor, uh, for the CFO. Mm-hmm. And the CFO, about six years ago, was there was a cut to state funding, nothing like what we're going to see now, but a cut. And he was about to do across-the-board cuts. And I said, uh, Matt, it was Matt Fajak, I said, you, you can't do that. That's, that's not a strategic approach. People do across-the-board cuts because they don't have the, have the data to know where to cut. Mm-hmm. They want to do something fast. They appear fair. But it's not strategic because you're hurting areas that need more investment, given your strategic priorities and your differentiation, and, and you're letting others that should be cut even more dramatically get off the hook. So I said to him, we, we need to think about move, creating a consortium. My good friend Steve Beiser who I did my MBA with, was already working on a plan to try to do benchmarking for higher ed based on experiences hmm. he had in healthcare. And the stars aligned, so we created the Academic Benchmarking Consortium, later rebranded as ABC Insights, and the pure mission of this group is to make universities more efficient and effective. Mm-hmm. In fact, our formal mission statement is to improve sustainability of higher ed by making universities more efficient and effective for the past six years, and then this happened. I want to hear more about ABC Insights and some of the core services, but uh, you know, how tough is this situation that higher education is facing right now? This is going to change everything. This is the biggest impact, the biggest challenge to higher ed we've ever had. Now, I'm writing articles with, with this theme in mind mm. and the fact that you should be considering a worst-case scenario, but I want, I want this to be clear. I'm an optimistic person, and I believe we can come out better and use mm-hmm. this opportunity to make way overdue changes in our institutions. Higher ed has been living in a bubble in many regards, and, and we've had so much inertia to make important changes, both on the cost structure, administrative and academic, also revenue growth, and serving students as a first most priority. Mm-hmm. We got it a little complacent, not a, lo- not a little, a lot complacent, and our model is pretty much based around faculty convenience and doing things the way we've done them before. Of course, there are exceptions to this. But our industry, compared to other industry, has had very slow change. Mm-hmm. And, and instead of doing continuous improvement and getting more efficient and cutting costs every year, we just add FTEs, add new academic programs, add new buildings, and charge more in tuition and get it subsidized from the government. And that model is broken. We have a $1.6 trillion in debt. Families can't afford the prices we're charging for higher ed. It's just time for us to completely reinvent it. Do you think, I guess, different types of universities will be affected differently, whether it's public, private, small, midsize, large, or, or they're all facing the exact same situation that we're in? They're facing the same set of challenges, but you're absolutely right. The, the impact is going to be felt uh, very differently based on the nature of the institution mm-hmm. itself. The, let me give an example. And by the way, uh, Sean, you know this, but I've written, I think now, 10 or 11 articles over the past couple of months about strategies for higher ed to handle COVID. 
a lot of the topics we've already covered and more. And, and I'm happy to share all of those with your readers. At our website, we have all the articles and all the slide decks. I've done nine now um, webinars at, at okay. abc-insights.com. Um, but the challenges are straightforward. These are probably self-evident now. The health challenges, first and foremost, uh, I've never been hesitant to make predictions. We're recording this in, in August. I, I hope this plays early enough that people maybe can hear this because I've been saying this in, to the UNC leaders through webinars and, and writings, but I don't think any university in any state, which most state, states are like this, with, with a high COVID rate in the community should be opening in person. You're going to bring COVID back to your community. The r naught is, is high and it's going to spread. College students are going to have a real hard time wearing a mask all the time and socially distancing. Mm. We already have evidence of, of when they did come back through the sports programs and fraternities that, that things, there will be outbreaks. And it's just going to be terrible because mm-hmm. it's, it's going to spread on campus. You've got your faculty and staff at risk. You've got your community at risk. And, and the students are at risk. The mortality rate is lower in younger students like this that still will have effects on them. But we don't know the long-term effects. Mm-hmm. So it's going to spread. If you have to shut down, you're going to send them home. You imagine you'll try to quarantine them before they go, but a lot of them will be asymptomatic. So we could even be sending it back to families. And that just breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, that challenge is huge and such a hard decision. The second challenge is going to be state support for any public institutions. That's going to go way down. We are essentially approaching depression-level economic conditions. The market doesn't seem to recognize that or, or is, is waiting for some miracle because it, it seems to be keeping up. But the real economy just dropped 33% in the last quarter on an annualized basis. These are unheard of results. Our Mm. unemployment is through the roof. So our economy is a mess. Spending is down. And these state revenues are going to be dramatically down. Higher ed is one area that's going to be cut in state budgets. It's obviously going to happen. And I've also analyzed the Great Recession and and saw the impact at UNC Chapel Hill. We had a 25% hit due to some of these factors. And it's going to be worse on this one. Mm -hmm. And the third thing that they're dealing with is the racial tensions on campus. So the <laughs> long-winded answer to your question, but this is the hardest situation these leaders on campus have ever faced. Okay, so where's the optimism? <laughs> you said you're optimistic. I mean, so yeah. what, what can colleges <laughs> and universities do? Yeah, that didn't sound optimistic, <laughs> did it? My McKinsey training was situation, complication, and then resolution. So we've got to get to resolution, Sean. You're right. You know, the situation and the complication are quite dire. Resolution. Let's start at the highest level. I wrote an article called How Congress Can Save Higher Ed, and I put together an $81 billion plan. I think this was in May. Of course, it hasn't made its way, apparently, to the right people because they're, they're talking about a possible $70 billion plan, but I'm sure that won't come through the mm-hmm. latest stimulus, and it'll go toward other things. I was suggesting that the money needs to go toward reinventing higher ed and making it accountable. So I put very systematic changes about investments in IT and online learning because that is a great thing that can come out of this. I'm teaching online this fall, and I've taught online before. And online, when done well, we we have one of the top MBA programs, online MBA programs. It takes a lot of money and energy to have a great online experience, but it can be great, and it's much more convenient. I worked for the provost, special advisor to the provost for online education, put a strategic plan together, and we haven't executed against that. And that was about a year and a half ago. Mm. We haven't made moves. I, I thought we could have 10,000 students in, in 10 years 
with new online programs. So, so the online is going to actually be good for us. I know it gets some bad press because we're not doing it well. Mm-hmm. When you just tell a professor who hasn't been trained on it and doesn't have the proper support to go on Zoom, that's not the answer. The online could be a great transformative effect. Clayton Christensen, the Harvard professor, mm-hmm. predicted that, that half our institutions, uh, higher ed, would fall off due to disruptive technologies and shape macro events. He's not going to see this happen. He's passed, but uh, I'm a big follower of him, and I think we're overdue for making changes, making us more efficient. Second thing, in addition to online, is to change your, our administrative models. Figuring out how to cut your administrative spending is key, and the most important element for that are good data, and that type of data are, are benchmarking data, mm-hmm. because how do you know where you might want to do the cuts in spending? Going across the board, as I mentioned before, is a bad idea. In IT and finance, we have 150% of the FTEs that our peers have. Maybe we should cut down in that area. So you need good benchmarking data to make some decisions, but but administration has gotten a bit bloated. Uh, We've created extra positions. We never take them away. Uh, We also have increased pay in very high high levels for some positions. And remember, all of these things are not across the board. Right. But, but you can get more efficient. Another one is to centralize your operations. Instead of having every unit on campus, every, every school has its own IT, its own HR, its own student services, its own everything, uh, centralize those so you can be more efficient with them. It's something mm-hmm. the members of our consortium are putting a lot of energy in. Um, consolidating purchasing agreements, looking at PPP, private-public partnerships, where someone can run your utilities and give you cash up front. We explore all these ideas with our members, but they need to make it administrative changes. Now, now here's the, I wrote an article called The Elephant in the Room. They've also got to really make changes to the academic model. Not only faculty productivity, how much they teach and how much leave time they get, those things should be revisited, but we got to cut programs. Most universities just continue to add programs to try to draw students in, but many of them have a low enrollment basis or are not really appreciated by the market. And once you get a faculty member in to teach, it's very hard to kill a program. Again, there are, there are exit barriers to this because mm-hmm. communities don't want to lose the economic impact, but there's a breaking point where you can't get enough students. We also have a, a general macro decline in enrollments that was coming. There was a predicted drop over the next five years of just baseline students coming into colleges. And, Sean, I forgot one more thing that's uh, is important, sure. is, is to consider ways to grow. And I know that might seem crazy to leaders right now to say, what do you mean grow? You want to make some moves that position you for growth once we get through this, because we, we will get through this. And if you make proper moves now, you'll, you'll come out of it at a much faster pace than if you don't. So just cutting and hunkering down and and, and hoping to go back to the way you did it before would not be a good strategy. I'm, well, I'm um, glad you and, mentioned and that, work. actually. That was yeah. something I was going to bring up. And I, I do we focus entirely on the expense side of the house uh, and of the business, or does ABC even look at for revenue generation as a strategy in terms of moving into the future? We, and we, you're already talking about we, that, we, which I'm glad you're saying that. Yeah, we do. I, I mean, Sean, you're, you're right. You, you have to look at the revenue side because you can do cuts but when you grow, you become more efficient by definition if you don't make the complete exact variable increases in administrative spend. Mm. So, so just make the assumption that you can cut to a point, but you don't want to cut where you cut quality. 
especially in the student experience. Mm-hmm. That, that's important. One of the problems with academic institutions, they say, we can't cut anything or quality goes down. Well, that's not exactly true. You have areas where you're probably over-invested and no one would know the difference. We also do, in, in the consortium, measure effectiveness of services provided on campus. We do what's called a Quality Matters Survey. Mm-hmm. We survey faculty, staff, students, and alumni about all the administrative services, and we map that together in a two-by-two of the efficiency and the effectiveness. So, so what is your spend as a percent of your, your peers, so are you higher or lower, and, then, and, and how's the effectiveness on scale one to five? Can you imagine looking at your services with that lens? You can say, look, here we're, we're way overspending and we're getting bad service. That's what needs to be reinvented. Or here, we should celebrate this one. This one is high outcomes in terms of satisfaction and we're more efficient than our peers. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing we do is measuring effectiveness and efficiency of, of the administrative services. We've just combined with Helio Campus, and, and Helio Campus has a whole bunch of new um, very innovative data-driven platforms that get into things like I was talking about on the academic side, analyzing your portfolio and productivity. And on, on the growth side, we have modules especially for um, enrollments, enrollment management, mm-hmm. and generating new students to come. You know, everything we do is data-based, and then we have what's called insights meetings where we share the data and run uh, brainstorm ideas with you about changes to make. And that, those are my favorite parts. And, and so when it comes to growth, you take something you're really good at and you grow that. You can't be good at everything. And that goes back to my comment I made about prioritizing as a key element of strategy. After listening to everything and all, the focus of the conversation really has been like what an institution can do to create efficiency and growth. What are your thoughts about the role of consortia kind of going forward? And, you know, even if there's even more, a more important role for strategic collaboration among or between institutions, yeah. and there has been in the past. Huge role and should be dramatic growth in the future. We are an unusual industry that we are collaborative by nature, but what I feel we have done, your group is an exception. I mean, there, there are groups that meet, but you actually get into data sharing, and there are some people who do that too, AAU and, and other institutions. But moving to joint efforts, that, that's probably one level of collaboration, sharing mm-hmm. data, sharing best practices, meeting on things. I'd say the next level is doing things together. I wrote an article, (laughs) you're going to love this title, a plan for an all-exclusively online fall semester. And my point was, even if you think you might be open, do everything you can this summer to prepare for online, because if you have to switch to online, you're going to regret not doing all that work Mm -hmm. when you could have. It's the whole concept of if if you get time to fight the virus, do everything you can to fight it. So in this case, prepare for the worst case scenario, and then you'll be better if it doesn't come that way. Uh, but the collaboration uh, is key. For example, I didn't really get into the details of how ABC, we are essentially a collaboration of universities. Mm-hmm. So we have regular meetings, virtual meetings. We talk about findings. We showcase what uh, universities are doing with the data and changes are making and how they're measuring it. One of the key elements of what we do is what we call FTE, efficiency seeking. We now lead with this. Every university is un- under trouble for this, looking for efficiencies. We measure all of your 54 sub-activities of administrative spend areas. We compare you to the mean of the consortium or a peer group, and then we say if you were to get your FTEs to the mean level and then cost it out for each of those activities, here's how many hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars you would save if you just got to the average. And that has really become a game changer mm-hmm. for our members. So they, they say, oh, 
these three universities are really good at this particular thing. Hmm. I also will talk to them individually to learn from them. So Big Ten just announced that they're sharing online programs to get through this crisis. And I wrote it in that article. I said, everybody, we should be doing this on a national level. Uh-huh. It didn't happen. I even talked to the uh, Department of Education in D.C. I got a phone call with them, and I said, what can we do to get a national consortium of database? And there are a few efforts kind of toward that, but it uh-huh. hasn't really taken off, um, where we all share our online courses. Because well, why do you all have to recreate the same stuff? Why do you even do it on campus? Why, why do we have, for a smaller campus, three biology professors all teaching the same thing with their own little spin? Why don't we have one core content and then have a lower price faculty who are really good at delivery and student engagement? Again, that's part of that model that mm-hmm, needs to be investigated. Mm-hmm. But if we collaborated, I remember proposing in one of the Board of Trustees meetings, let, let's do a bunch of online programs with the other Franciscan universities and go to market together. We'll take business and health sciences. They can take you know, vet services, things that we don't do, and go to market together. So I, I think consortium efforts need to continue and even grow. And you and I have talked about doing, you know, strategy workshops within a consortium mm-hmm. to not just be, hey, here's what we're doing, but to work together to be better. Dr. Frege, I've really enjoyed talking to you today and, and hearing your, your perspectives. You're obviously a thought leader in this area, and, and a lot of institutions could learn a lot. And you've mentioned some resources why don't you let our listeners know where they can go to find out about those resources, and then also we'll make sure we post them on our website for the podcast as well. Sure. When, when COVID started, we revamped our entire website to be primarily about thought leadership. So all the articles we've written, the slide decks we've presented at conferences, you might be overwhelmed, but, but it's worth going to, and that's abc-insights.com abc-insights.com. It's all free, of course. Uh, throw your name in there, and, and, and we'll help you uh, digest it. We also welcome um, more members. We have built up our staff because we, we know that every university needs efficiencies. So we have a very low price to, to join the consortium, like an annual, annual subscription, mm-hmm. and the ROI is, is, is amazing. I mean, we, we've got small universities finding a million dollars, medium size, which is like 2000 up to 2,000, 2,500 FTEs are, are finding 2 million, and large, over 4,000 uh, FTEs are, are finding 5 million to 10 million, or even more. Some of the larger ones are finding a 50, we, we run their analysis to that average, and they're, they're finding 50 million of potential efficiency findings. So what we do is, is all data-driven. Uh, our goal is to help you be more efficient and effective. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Mm-hmm. We're not a big consulting firm charging millions of dollars. Uh, th- there is a time for, for those services. One of my proposals was that when universities are really in trouble, we should allow them to go through bankruptcy court. I used to be help with bankruptcy consulting mm-hmm. to make sure that students are protected and the, and the assets are safe because right now there's no bankruptcy provisions. Mm-hmm. There are predictions that 10 to 20% of our institutions could close over the next couple of years. I mean, th- that's how dire this could be. And we have to be serious about helping them and taking care of students so they're not lost in the shuffle. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to end on a down <laughs> note. On, on, a more, on a more positive note, we have time now to reinvent what we do, to do it better, to do it more efficiently, to lower the cost of education. Can you imagine how, how refreshing that would be mm-hmm. for a society? But it's going to take courageous leadership and, just as you mentioned, Sean, collaboration. 
I think we've given listeners a lot to think about, and I do encourage them to uh, visit abc-insights.com for to read the articles and see the information. And uh, I really appreciate, again, you being our guest today and look forward to uh, talking to you again in the future. And, and in the meantime, I wish everybody all the best as we, uh, as we navigate and wrestle with all this change and move into the future. It's been my pleasure. You serve a great service to your members and to higher ed as a whole. Thanks for being here for Connect, Collaborate, Champion, a podcast of the New American Colleges and Universities. This podcast is made possible thanks to our partner, public radio station 91.3 WYSO in Yale Springs, Ohio. Thank you, YSO. The New American Colleges and Universities connects our campuses to collaborate in the delivery of innovative ideas and to champion the belief that a comprehensive, liberal, professional, and civic education is essential to the future of our world. To learn more about our amazing campuses, visit nacu.edu, N-A-C-U dot E-D-U. See you soon.